0: You're going to be judged on your burden of performance because you're going to be they have to be the one that pursues that woman to marry her, to honor her, to respect her. But when you're in a society where well, you're on your phone and you see women are sexualizing themselves, and but the Muslim woman is not like that, sometimes you don't make that distinction because you're so involved in distraction. The man needs to know how to zone out and how to prepare himself to
1: be a protector, provider, and presider. Sheikh Abdullah Dura, my brother, thank What's you so on, much man? for coming on the podcast, bro. Good to be here, man. Appreciate you. On. Uh, as many of you already know, Sheikh Abdullah Adoro is the at Islamic Center of Kapel, contributor at Yaqeen Institute, and founder of Masterman, a program focused on reviving true masculinity in Muslim men. And just this week, you started your own podcast, uh, The Imam Cave. Mashallah, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. We ask Allah to place in their blessings somewhere with... Yaqeen, mashallah, facilitating that opportunity. Alhamdulillah.
1: You did it with uh, Waleed Jabra as your co-host and Sami Hamdi as your first guest. It's, yeah. It's amazing. The man
0: with the master pen, Waleed, man, mashallah. He, he he needs to be Waleed in, in the in front of the camera, though. People that know Waleed know Waleed, and they look at him, they're like, that's not the Waleed I know, man. But Waleed, just give him some time, he'll open up. He's going to shock the world, inshallah. Oh,
1: yeah. Because yeah. I was actually just telling Ian that. I was like, you should hmm. see Waleed on his own, right?
0: Oh, man, what a connector. What a beautiful brother, man. He's always that's one brother that he always wants good for people like I can really say that like there's people I don't want to say he wants good for you he wants to see you win yeah. like there's a slight difference somebody I want good for you universally but he knows your name he remembers you you know he really wants to see you win and he'll do what he can to help that's that's genuine you know?
1: and that's the mentality I'm trying to get in myself and yeah. in the people around me because yeah. especially with what's going on in Gaza right now yeah, the, we only got ourselves man no, we're not all one family exactly right. And this really showed it. No doubt about it.
0: And that solidarity is built. You know, um, you you you, are, you start to think about what really matters, and you stick to that. Yeah, and that's what's important.
1: And you guys got Sammy Hamdi to say uh, some <laughs> stuff Sammy that he Murray. wasn't saying otherwise. mashallah.
0: Two hundred and twenty <laughs> volts. Mashallah. <laughs> 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 what you see, what you see is what you get with Sammy. Yani, yeah? that's him on and off camera, full of energy, stories to tell, inserts a joke here and there you know mashallah sammy's mashallah full of energy you know
1: he said the subhanallah that dua he said where he said he used to ask allah to be a lantern for sam yeah. he really does feel like a light in this darkness right now subhanallah yeah how? mashallah
0: may allah bless him man it's full of energy and ha- having something to say with substance and um being used as a means of hope for a lot of people that were feeling hopeless from helplessness you know okay. and that's what helplessness can bring you sometimes i mean countless times i've been asked by youth and and community members what can we do or i feel i'm not doing enough or you know why would allah
1: dot 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 you yeah. know what i'm saying so how is, how is, how's it been so far filming with yaqeen and doing all that the production looks amazing how's it oh, been it's so beautiful that? man i
0: mean you know it's, it's a family man and that's one thing i think the one thing i love about yaqeen is, is the family structure the culture that, you know, when we come together, when we work together, we remind each other about Allah. And it's really about, it's really, I don't use the word customer base, but it's really about getting to, getting to the ummah, reaching the ummah in an impactful way. You know, from the production to uh, the marketing, uh, you know, everything from, you know, correspondence with guests, you know, for them to see the high quality, see the family, see how... You know, I love meeting with the the Shuh, you know, we get together on the Zoom calls and we just exchange ideas, agree, disagree. It doesn't matter because the, the goal is there to reach the people. And to for Allah to use us as a means to be impactful in the iman and the belief system of the average Muslim.
1: I mean, I mean, and, yes. and you guys had an impact on me personally. Alhamdulillah. I'll tell you that much. That's why I'm a huge fan of yaqeen and, <laughs> try to Allah, support it in any way I can.
0: Alhamdulillah. And I'm I'm glad to just be a part of it, you know, and always tell them that you know, my shalatul witrikallah.
1: Alhamdulillah. As you guys will probably see later, me and uh, Sheikh Hodor got a workout in today. Uh,
0: alhamdulillah. Oh my alhamdulillah. goodness.
1: I was nervous beforehand, but <laughs> I really? I, oh yeah, of course, man. I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm gonna keep up, and I Ay, did not. Yeah, yo, 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 you keep kept up for so long. You know, you do what you have to do. You held your own. Alhamdulillah. You know how Kafee says, "I'm gonna take you to the depths of the ocean." Yeah, that's what she did today, brother. Alhamdulillah. I have a. Look at my hands right now. I had to take yeah, off the blood, but stripes, stripes—that's what we sweat, them. Stripes. and tears. They, there you go,
0: blood, sweat, and tears. You didn't cry though, but I don't, I don't know what happened <laughs> when you got back. Oh, not you not know.
1: No <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and especially with what's going on with Gaza right yeah. now, I've actually been motivated at the gym more than ever before. Oh, beautiful. You know, I've been feeling a lot of frustration, and I don't know how to. A lot of us feel helpless right now, and hope. Not hopeless, actually. Yeah, we just yeah. feel helpless. You, yeah. you look at what's happening and you can't even bring in one bottle of water into Gaza. Right. Well, there's two billion of us and we we're just watching 30,000 plus of our brothers and sisters getting killed. Yeah. And as a man, you have a natural instinct to want to protect your family, right. to want to protect your mother and father. And seeing other men lose that it yeah. is deeply painful. Yeah. And as a Muslim man, you want to protect your own yeah exactly. what can even though this is extremely applicable to also muslim women sticking to your subject matter expertise on men what can muslim men do and channel that anger and frustration and energy in a more productive manner during this time i mean being the best
0: version of themselves so i would say initially just learning more about their faith learning more about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that's where everything starts right it's really knowing the purpose of your existence why are you here so everything that you do in your life is going to be an acknowledgement and manifestation of that knowledge, of that purpose. So your purpose is ultimately to worship Allah and show gratitude towards Him. He gave you a framework and a system which is called the Deen of Islam, the Sharia. Not to sound too cliche, but the, initially what we do is we practice our Deen. And the best way of doing that is looking at the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who yes. was given the revelation to all of mankind in every aspect of our life. And that is what is important. So firstly, talking about your intimacy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? How do you get closer to Him? The best way to do that is by knowing Him. So you know His names, His attributes. So you know Ar-Rahman, what that means. He's the merciful. And that's upon all forms of creation. But Ar-Rahim, as some scholars would mention, that's for people that voluntarily believe in His oneness. Right? The tawhid, the, the, the the monotheistic belief in God. But then you have... You know, how do I show mercy to other forms of creation? الرَّحِمُونَ right? A hadith of the Prophet that the scholars of hadith would use as their first hadith when introducing uh, transmission to their students of hadith. So, you look at these names and attributes of Allah and see, okay, how am I trying to implement some of these beautiful attributes? Allah is a much greater example. But how am I showing mercy? How am I patient? How am I showing love? How am I exhibiting strength, you know, in a way that's conducive? It's going to be a process. But I say initially, the intentionality behind being a man for the sake of Allah is where you start, just the intention. Because sometimes subconsciously, you know, we, we may do manly things. But in this day and age where we're even debating what is a woman, and at the same time, simultaneously, we're saying being a man is toxic now that we have to be intentional with our with our masculinity, especially as Muslim men. I think we're probably going to talk about that. So I think it starts with being, okay, saying in your in your mind, body, and soul, I want to be the best man that I can be for the sake of Allah. Not for the sake of my wife, not for the sake of my my mother, not for the for the sake of Allah first. And everything trickles down from there and is manifested through that.
1: As you grow older, this question becomes more and more important.
0: Yeah.
1: What does it mean to be a man, especially as a Muslim?
0: I mean, ultimately, that's such, it's, it's a very big question, but I would say ultimately it's being what Allah created you to be, being your fitrah, your natural inclination, understanding your difference between uh, the female, embracing that, and just working hard at maintaining that mm. right so there there's many attributes that we can go into uh what it means to be a man but i would ultimately say um, it would be the protection and provision protection provide preside
1: during covid and in the last year andrew tate and many others have tried to hold the baton for manhood Uh, citing the amount of women they have or the amount of money that they have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this message has actually resonated with a lot of men around the world, uh, and especially a lot of Muslim men, actually. Uh, If that's the case, then why has there... uh, A lot of people have said that their message is wrong and it's toxic and red pill and so on. If that's the case, then why has their message resonated with so many men?
0: I think that's the question that needs to be asked. I, I think that's the question. Honestly, that's the question that needs to be asked. That's the question that needs to be answered by those that demonize Tate in every single way. I'm not here to to defend Tate. I'm not here to wear a Tate t-shirt. I defend him as my brother in Islam because he's embraced Islam. So for those that want to say, I left Islam because I'm fearing I'm leaving Islam because of Tate. It's not because of Tate. It's because something that's dealing with yourself and your faith that we ask Allah to make it easy on you. Some women have faced trauma and they hear certain things that he says brings back that trauma. Yeah, definitely some things that he says are clickbaity, they're un-Islamic, the cursing and the, you know, you know, the image that is created does not coincide with a humble, honorable, strong Muslim man. But we still have to answer that question. Why are so many young men and older, young, you know, I say newly married uh, men, gravitating towards him because firstly he's disruptive and we as men like disruption uh we like a little chaos we like some people to go against the grain but in the same time there are some men that are suffering they're going through sexless marriages okay uh they're afraid of rejection uh they're watching porn they're playing video games they look weak and flimsy And they do not want any type of responsibility in all these mechanisms, video games, not to just totally outlaw video games, but spending hours and missing your salah, uh, you're eating junk food, you're afraid to go in the gym and get hit, or you're afraid to go in the gym because you're overweight, you want people to look at you. You know, Tate brings that message and others along with him. I mean, you know, from Muhammad Ali to Malcolm X, that, that message of, recognizing who you are in your position and doing your best and struggling to live up to that potential that Allah has naturally created within you so for example some of the things he says is get your butt out and get in the gym you know uh uh, only have a small circle of friends that you that are willing to die for you and you would willing to die for love a woman that is honorable and that you know has a low quote-unquote body count right but we as Muslim men don't have, don't have to worry about that with an honorable Muslim woman. So you find a woman that you're looking to be the mother of your children and to establish a nation. That's the core me- core message that he promotes. So I don't totally say no. I'm not. I'm not. You no. Know, you know. I don't want to say to hell with Andrew Tate, but like, oh, I hear that tape and I, you know, I hear that name and I just get disgusted. No. What is his message? Some of it is. Some of it is clickbaity. Some of it is dishonorable in regards to how he used to speak about women. I don't know about after Islam. But definitely um, calling to the man searching for and looking for a righteous mother of his children, someone that can be a source of inspiration for him, while at the same time he's someone that is principled and believes in God. So I don't fully outlaw that. But that, that question needs to be answered. Why is it if so many men, Muslim men, are uh, gravitating toward him, is he totally bad in that sense hmm. his
1: best this subject has been something that has been a passion of yours for many years now. Mm. Why is that why do you, why is this a passion for you? Because I see men
0: get emasculated, and I think look my ultimate goal between all, behind all of this is the maintenance and establishment of families like if we were to sit here and demonize Tate for example it 's going to separate the genders even more. Like there's going to be, the gender war is going to get much more intensified. Women are going to hate Tate because he says things like, women are my property, as he said before in one podcast before becoming a Muslim. And then men are going to stay away from those women because they're modern women and they want to remain single or they're modern women and they hate the word obedience, right? It's just going to cause a more of a separation, just more of a separation. You know, when you, I remember one of my mentors said, he said, when you demonize polygyny, and praise homosexuality where there's a problem hmm. islamically there's a problem now the standard is yes the implementation of polygyny needs work there there are creeps out there there are people that are are losers they're not doing it correctly but when you deny and you say the basis the fact of it existing is wrong i have a problem with that you know islamically i have a problem with that but then when you say okay, well, someone feels that they, you know, that they are, have SSA, same-sex attraction. I'm not going to demonize them, right? And I'm not going to say they're outside of the fold of Islam. But when we have some sort of sympathy and inclusion of that and demonize the latter, that's where I have a problem with, right? Because one is initially halal, permissible. The implementation is another issue, which we can't have a problem with. But when we you know mix up our standards and our priorities or dare I say our values that's where it's problematic so when it comes to men a lot of men you know because of a lot of the devices uh, and vices that they are that they encounter uh it it really it really breaks them down and it emasculates them whether they know it or not you know and that's why I really promote for men to get into like combat sports to read 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 with AI it's going to artificial intelligence it's going to be much more of a challenge read to educate yourself not just through school i'm talking about in your home read about those those figures read about the companions get educated be competent you know and be intentional with that when you go to the gym learn struggle get hurt i mean when you look at your i call those stripes because you remember the struggle and it's a thankful struggle and you realize i got over that hump i wonder what else is out there in myself that will make me a better version of myself and that's what hajj is man you know, hajj is struggle. You know, if any of you know about Muzdalifah, it is struggle. And those that the made hajj, hajj you're sitting, men and women, you're sitting here and you're like, it wasn't that bad. 30 days fasting? I mean, when, you hear, when a non-Muslim hears that, bro? They think it's impossible. They think it's imp- what? What? <laughs> oh, someone that doesn't understand Arabic memorizing a holy book? Struggle, man. We uh, the Sharia within the blueprint of the Sharia has established that. So men, I think particularly young men with a lot of these um, electronics and a lot of distraction, it takes them away from the core principles of just struggling in and of itself you know and that really um, does not help establish and maintain or really I say maintain families. It may establish a family, but then when sisters come to me, me and they're like, "Where are the real men? you know where are they?" They're not strong. They're not assertive. They have no ambition. They have no goals. Granted, some of them are just saying it because it's said, but some of them are truly willing to be a wife that inspires her husband and is willing to be led. Yeah. Right. So
1: I would actually say Muslim women are doing a very good job in our oh. in our world today, much more than Muslim men.
0: Yeah. I mean, Muslim women are are doing a, are doing a great job. Muslim men. You know again it it needs i think what's missing is what's what's called rites of passage you know there's no you know psychology shows evolutionary psychology establishes and even i mean the biological makeup of puberty you know when women go through puberty it is something that is natural they do not need to be shown what it means to be a woman what are womanly things as opposed to girly things you know what are some of the practices that you would do as a woman it's natural, it's a natural transition. But with men, they need to be shown. Boys need to see men in order to be men. They need to see it. They won't know. Like they, when, they, when they reach puberty and they're still you know, playing video games or hanging out with their friends and not getting a job, usually it's mom that comes to them or dad, when you're gonna get a job, I don't wanna get a job. No, he has to be shown that, okay, you need to go out, you need to struggle, you need to go through rejection. It's the burden of performance. You're going to be judged on your burden of performance because you're going to be they have to be the one that pursues that woman to marry her, to honor her, to respect her. But when you're in society where well, you're on your phone and you see women are sexualizing themselves, and but the Muslim woman is not like that, sometimes you don't make that distinction because you're so involved in distraction. The man needs to know how to zone out and how to prepare himself to be a protector, provider, and presider.
1: How do you take the steps to even get in there? 'Cause this is very difficult the stuff you're talking about, and many Muslim men struggle with it.
0: I think it's is a number of things. So it's it's firstly getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, prioritizing your deen over everything else, knowing that through that through that prioritization, everything falls under that. Because look, if you don't do that, you're gonna fall victim to being an you may be a nice guy, but you have no foundation. And that's where we see the red pill movement comes in. And it saves a lot of men. I'm going to be honest. It saves a lot of them psychologically because some of them are on the verge of you know, uh, committing suicide, I think. Because now we see with the rise of feminism or feminist ways of thinking where women say we don't need a man. We don't need, what do we need him for? I have my gun or I, I, I know martial arts and I can go to the grocery store and cook for myself. Why am I going to bring another man inside of my home? that's gonna to try to control me and want me to sit at home or try to control me and tell me not to work as much. You know, Try to control me. See, this is the negative connotation that we may see that may emanate from women. So when men see that, men are like, well, what, what, what do, where am I uh, beneficial in society if they say they don't need me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so y- you find that a lot of these movements kind of bring them a sense of value to where they feel they're needed. You know, we as men, we want to feel that we are needed to protect and to provide. And once that feeling from a man is lost, some men may feel obsolete. That's why it's important for a man that he has a connection with Allah because he knows that once, whatever he does is in order to please Allah, everything else falls under that. Whether people like him, want him or not, he's okay. He's okay in his own skin.
1: SubhanAllah, so everything you're saying, I've tried to apply in my life mm. and I've gotten the results that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it, man.
0: And I mean, and, and all these things, like, you know, going to the gym. So, where you hear the Rev, you know, guys in the Red Bull movement say, get in the gym. Yes. But for the Muslim, it's much more transcendent, bro. When you go to the gym, like right now, you're talking about thinking in people in guns. You know, what I was thinking about when, we were, lifting, when, we were, when we we're doing the deadlifts?
1: Hmm.
0: I have to. Get this rock off of this young girl's leg in Gaza, cause she's crying. Her mom is right down the road, but Allah decided to take her. She doesn't. The little girl doesn't know it yet. But I have to get this rock off of her leg. Ya Allah, Bismillah. Let's go. Yeah. And
1: that sparks a question of how deep can our intentions get with working out? Because you know, I all I feel guilty, and all of us feel guilty for not being able to help. Uh, in whatever capacity we can throughout the Muslim world. Yeah. Um, can working out be a means and an excuse in which we stand in front of Allah and say, although I didn't go out there and help in any physical capacity, uh, I kept myself fit and in shape so that if I were called upon, I was ready. No doubt about it. I mean, look,
0: it's 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 initially a spiritual connection. When you struggle for the sake of Allah, You know, that's the spiritual connection for the sake of Allah. See, that's the distinction. Fitness can be spiritual. No doubt. It's for me. (laughs) No doubt about it. I mean, look, when you look at your body as an amana, it's a trust Allah has given you to use it to show gratitude to him. It's totally different from a guy that just wants to have a six pack, six foot tall, right? It's totally different. I remember one of my mentors told me, look, the way that you look is a byproduct of your mentality and your your work ethic. So getting up, someone that has a six pack, naturally, you got to give them respect because that shows a level of discipline. But the Muslim, when they do that, they see this isn't a manner that Allah has given me. I want to use it to its full capacity in a way that can help myself and my future family in a way that can help impact others. You know, when somebody says, man, you got a six pack. I say, Alhamdulillah. I said, without Allah, it wouldn't have been possible, right? Without Allah, you know, getting up in the morning or, or eating that food that tastes horrible, you know, but I have a much bigger, a much greater goal behind it. You know what I'm saying? It's much greater than that. So, you know, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "Laysa <laughs> shadidu bissura' or Sura'ah. He said that you know, the strength or the harsh one is not the one that can wrestle. In the mashadidu yamliku nafsahu and ghadab The shadid, the harsh one, is the one that control them, can control themselves in times of anger. You look on your phone. You see what's happening with brothers and sisters around the world. And then you go to the gym and you let out that anger. You drop the weight. You say, Allah, but you drop the weight. You lift up the weight. You think about those that are struggling and you say, oh Allah, you've given me this drink. I'm gonna push past this. Right? So you've released stress. In the process of releasing stress stress, you've mashallah secreted testosterone, which helps in your physique, which helps in strengthening or or and growing a muscle or numerous muscles at one time right to where when you look in the mirror you're happy but you see just beyond the muscles and the striations you see discipline you see struggle you think about man what it took together alhamdulillah there's no success without Allah when you look in the mirror you don't just say man I look they all they gon they all gonna be on me. You know? No. Nah. It's like, nah. It's like, no, 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 no. When I go to the next Islamic conference shit, yo. No, nah, 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 nah. nah, it's gonna you
1: know, be like that pre shower. Uh, the pre shower, like, yeah. No, I
0: told you do that. <laughs> bro, do it in the shower. Um, but say Alhamdulillah. Hmm. Know that it's uh, cause Allah can easily well Allah, Allah can easily take that away, bro. Allah can easily take that away. He can easily take that. You can tear your pectoralis major, minor, tear a bicep, you know, tear a tendon. It, you, it's going to be different. You're going to scar up differently unless you get really good therapy. So you really have to, every time you look at something, you say Alhamdulillah, and you think, what does Alhamdulillah mean? Where was there Alhamdulillah in the past in my life? And I didn't say it. So fitness is a huge opportunity. I say, you learn your reality through physicality. Any type of physical struggle, that you go through, especially if it's over a long period of time, will lie that makes you a man, Wallahi lie that makes you a man. Because there's nothing like training for a long period of time or for a particular event and losing or fighting. This is why I like fighting so much. Even though, you know, in Islam, we don't, you know, we don't make it recreational to hit in the face, right? But when you train and you get hit and you go through physical struggle, and you lose in front of people, especially your family. Man, you have to, that takes a level of resilience, man. That takes a level of resilience. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Well, I used to
1: wrestle in high school, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts
0: physically, emotionally, and sometimes even spiritually. How? Man, Allah, I've been training for so long and I've been training every time. You know, I pray Fajr and then I train and then after, I even pray duha when I'm done training. To Allah to make me, oh Allah, allow me to win this. It can struggle spiritually with the Qadr. I've worked so hard. I've done so good. I'm trying to be a better Muslim. I left video games. I left a couple of hours off the video games, and I've changed those hours with preparing food and training, right, and reading some Quran, reading good books on on principles of life. But then
1: I tore my hamstring. Why? I didn't do anything wrong to anybody. Now it's spiritual. Especially with something like wrestling or fighting, your three minutes is six minutes in fighting or wrestling. Is, all, is an hour, two hours, three hours of training SubhanAllah And you, once you're, when you're in that three to five minute range It's no longer about physicality It's mentality
0: Yeah, exactly man Because somebody can be strong But if you break them down mentally mm. And see that's the beautiful thing Because with the Muslim The spirituality helps feed that mentality To where You know Wa illa There's no success without Allah Spiritually I know that my connection to Allah and my trust in Him is what will keep me strong mentally. Because when, you, when you're when you in those situations, it's gonna be naturally activated. Like when I walk outside and then I see a sister being harassed, for example, or somebody harasses me, you know, there is gonna be fear there. But that you don't let that fear control you. And that's the final frontier, man. And, you know, you'll only know at that moment, but how are you conditioning yourself To where when that moment comes, hence your question, how do you condition yourself to where when that moment comes, you're able to do the right ethical, dare I say, manly thing, right? And that's what's important.
1: Yeah. Sheholdero, let's get some brie out here, man. I want you to try it for sure. Let's go. So this is is probably my favorite type of cheese right here. Okay. Uh, This is going to be a ratatouille moment because if you have it with the grape. A what kind of moment? A ratatouille moment. What does that mean? You know, you watch ratatouille the movie. No, what is that? really, Ratatouille. Ratatouille. No, I don't know that is. Though. You've never watched Ratatouille the movie? No, sir. Ian, am I am I tripping here? Or is that a pretty known movie? Okay, so so Ratatouille, he mm. made him try this combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a rat that. Uh, it's not very nice that it's a rat, but it's a rat <laughs> in, in France that mm-hmm. ends up being the best cook in France, best chef.
0: You doing a splinter? <laughs> what splinter you don't know splinter <laughs> no oh man those that are watching those that know splinter okay that shows your age now, i don't know ratatouille he doesn't know i don't know right he doesn't know splinter wow teenage mutant ninja turtles You oh of them.
1: yeah yeah the, the the back in the day last, look at this. you were holding me for that the other day oh
0: man yeah splinter was like their their master their sensei aren't,
1: aren't the teenage ner- uh, ninja turtles all named after artists like Michelangelo, yes, and
0: yes, Donatello, Michelangelo. I don't remember the other ones. Raphael.
1: Raphael. Yeah. I never really got into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I just I didn't like the way they looked. They creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> oh man, that was that blew up around my time, man, when it first came out. Ian, can you pull up Ratatouille? <laughs> I want to make sure. I want to make sure Chef knows we Ratatouille, bro. There's no way you didn't see your children watching it growing up i don't even know if it's they're not disney, it's a disney movie you know toy story disney there, right? yeah, yeah it's probably <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't watch disney huh no, are, man. are we boycotting disney is that a thing should i not be bringing that up I mean, you
0: can bring it up it's just you know it just the, the agenda is not an islamic agenda per se
1: that's why we need our own muslim movie production company yeah no right? doubt
0: about it the, the, what they value is not in accordance to that were just conducive to protecting families, let's just say that.
1: Oh yeah. They're actively they're actively working against what we're talking about yeah. throughout this entire podcast so far. Why do you think that is? What what's their agenda here? Why is it I think how, I, how is it beneficial for the elite in this country and in the West to make their men weaker and their women stronger?
0: Well, I don't, think, I don't think they'll say it like that. They'll probably say to make the men more like women, some would say, or to make the men less non-toxic by doing K2K2K, doing this type of thing, this type of thing, this type of thing, right? Because men, as some may believe, are inherently toxic or men are given a lot of toxic messaging or women are oppressed socially. Therefore, we need to liberate, quote, we need to liberate free, W- women from the shackles of society that are very patriarchal.
1: So it's an ideology. Misogynistic. They genuinely, oh
0: believe. no doubt about
1: it. De- oh no doubt about it. It's an ideology. It's like it reminds
0: me of uh, when Allah says, la, lahum la something like that. Nahnu oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No
1: and Can you translate that for the Oh lives? if it was said
0: to them Do not cause mischief on the earth They say no 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 We are ones that are, are, are Rectifying the earth Or bringing good to the earth We're Allah, progressing they, it Yeah huh? We're, progressing We're progressing it Progressing it yeah. no, no 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 Allah says no 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 They are Causing transgression on the earth Or mischief on the earth But they don't even realize it. They don't even feel it
1: And fasad is corruption Right Corruption
0: that's the word Yeah They're causing a lot of corruption um, when you're telling children that they have the rights to do things that go beyond their parents' wishes or they have the right to change their anatomy and physiology. Um, you know, this is, this is ludicrous in Islam. We don't accept that, right? Um, just, I mean, like plastic surgery for cosmetic recreational reasons is unacceptable in Islam. So for someone to totally deny themselves by cutting off or, you know, what Allah has given them that is where it can be problematic, right? Uh, when you equate the woman with the man or the man with the woman. Because a lot of times, you know, we're mad at the, the woman being the superhero, but sometimes you, you know, equate the man with the woman as well, even though the same thing, but you're making the man act like the woman as well. Islamically, we don't accept that. And, and, and a man doesn't accept that because we're naturally created differently. Like I use this, this there's a term, the burden of performance, you know, the burden of performance is different from the man than the woman, naturally. When a when a child is born, generally, they go straight to the breast of the mother. Hmm. There's a level of performance that she has to you know, perform there. The burden of performance on the man is going to be different, just with that particular scenario. So naturally created differently, and I think Disney tries to make it equal or to even downplay those roles or convolute them, which is problematic in many ways.
1: Yeah. Go ahead, try it, man. I want to see yeah. your opinion on it.
0: I do it with the fork or do uh, it with the...
1: You can do hand, fork, whatever. I just don't want to touch. This one. I have some tea here, too. Oh, you got to pop the grape mm-hmm. in immediately. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I usually do this with block cheese. My block mom introduced cheese. me to it. Just regular, you know, the block.
1: Okay. I used to. Until what?
0: I found that I was... Oh, this is probably a lactose. It's all good. Kind of lactose intolerant. But,
1: are so, you? Yeah. Oh, I should have known that. It's
0: all good.
1: You're, are you Zabiha? I was trying to get us lunch, but I didn't know if you were Zabiha or not. I'm Abdullah. <laughs> <laughs> Ratatouille in that joke just showed your age. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm <okay, okay>.
0: good. <laughs> no, I'm good, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you're good?
0: Yeah, I'm not Zabiha. I mean, I'm Zabiha, but...
1: Like you don't risk, is that because like, that's a huge debate hmm. right now. Whether hmm. is it okay to eat non-Zabiha? Because I do. I go to Chick Fil A, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a difference of opinion on that. Yeah. So okay. So you the meat from the people of the book. I mean, I I've been eating
1: Zabiha lately more, and I actually feel better. Hmm. Like I've been actively going out of my way, even though I don't hold any, uh, you know, principle on it, mm-hmm. other than obviously eating halal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I felt a lot cleaner.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's numbers of issues here. I mean, when you're talking about the zabiha. Um, because some even distinguish between the zabiha and halal, which I didn't really know. Yeah. Um, but then when you're talking about that, look at the procedure of just saying, bismillah upon slaughter, uh, what type of animal, you know, nahar with the cow, you know, if you're going to do with the cow as opposed to the sheep. But then even outside of that, the concept of the Zabiha the, the is the whole concept of organic. Because now, right now, when you're in a certain farm and you're feeding your animals in that farm, is there a non-organic farm that uses pesticides next to your farm? So when the wind blows, the pesticides hit their farm. And there's a lot that goes into it, even outside of the Zabiha. Hmm. But definitely, initially and ultimately, if an animal is slaughtered, Bismillah, it doesn't matter. Cause apart- I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. We still have to consider organic foods and and make that a priority within our diet if we're able to. But the bismillah is ultimately that what that is that ultimately that which will protect you, inshallah.
1: Yeah, cuz with eating zabiha, you're you're supposed to one of one of the conditions is is that the animal doesn't see the blade, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. Because a lot of these uh, these factories, they're, they're just hammering a chicken's head in, hammering a cow's head in. And this animal is dying, mm-hmm. uh, secreting hormones into its body mm-hmm. that are anxious, that are scared, frightened. Mm-hmm. Very and then y- you come to eat that meat, and you are what you eat. Transfers. I've actually, I felt my anxiety levels have decreased after eating zabiha. Mashallah. Excellent.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not far-fetched. I mean, I, I'd believe that. Um, I, mean, I used to work in a slaughterhouse when I used to. Uh, try to gather my mahar money. I worked in a slaughterhouse, man. and um, Yeah, I remember I used to pet the animal and uh, make sure that they don't see the blade and all of that because that stuff hasn't... And when I first went there, I think the first day, I saw a non-Muslim do it. And there was a sheep that was slaughtered and uh, he brought the other sheep in. The sheep looked and was trying to run away, trying to run away. He was holding, it, it was moaning, it was moaning. I was like, A'udhu Allah. You, you, when you see it, it's totally different. Yeah.
1: No, it's, it's messed it's totally up different. to do that. Too,
0: yeah. yeah, and as opposed to just bringing the sheep in there and they don't see anything, but they're still kind of, you feel, you feel you, you hear them breathing a little fast. You say, Bismillah, just pet them on the head, Bismillah, Bismillah, lie them down. Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Bismillah, And then there's a point to where they just lay there. Have you ever seen that video on YouTube? Mm-mm. It's called, um, if you type something like sheep slot, sheep uh, halal slaughter, something like that. A brother I know named Hamza, long time ago, when he came into Houston, he was trying to find a halal business or where exactly to do halal slaughtering or sacri- sacrificing. And he made a video and it's he does exactly what I was showing you, but I was yeah. telling you. Literally, it's a big animal. They were they're, they're a little competitive, competitive in the beginning. But then he would say, Bismillah and pet it, And they would just lay down to the point to where he would just put his finger, put their ear over their eye and say, look, this is the mercy of Allah. And, then, and we'll just lay down there. Hmm. Just ready.
1: SubhanAllah.
0: So, I've seen that. I've experienced it. Yeah.
1: Is the, I think maybe the HDMI cord's not plugged in, brother. Right here. <laughs> I, can, I can see him stressing from the corner of my eye. Like, right. <laughs> He's like, how do I get this going? Um, uh-huh. uh, Okay, yeah. We'll we'll try to pull that up right now, actually. Here. Yeah, they called Mercy Halal. Yeah, that was the name of it. Mercy Halal. Mercy Halal Slaughter, part one. Sheikh, uh, mm. a lot of people want to know. The world wants to know. And after working out with you, I think I already know the answer. What is that? Are you natty or nah?
0: Oh, of course, man. I don't mess with this stuff. <laughs> no way. I'm not trying to impress nobody, out. I'm not trying to impress nobody, man. I, I don't... I mean... I'm not trying to impress myself to that level to where I have to go artificial and possibly have side
1: effects for what? Hey, man, it's a real compliment for you to be good at what you're so good at what you're doing, people think you're cheating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I've been asked. I've been asked. Some people
0: have asked me. I could tell. I told some people, I could tell they didn't believe me. I'm like, I'm not trying to impress you, so it's all good.
1: <laughs> you know, all you got to do is be like, come to the gym with me and you'll believe me. Huh?
0: Yeah, alhamdulillah, man. It's, I just. Hard work with intelligence at the same time, I think it's, it's very, very important. And that's, again, what young men need is just hard work. And physicality is an easy segue for them to use that as an example of life. Hmm. So,
1: uh, are Steroids, I mean, because you mentioned uh, Botox earlier. Steroids are haram, right? Yes. And what's the reason behind that?
0: Allah says, He says, do, do not, do not, uh, use your hands to bring forth your own destruction. So, if there is something that is, you're consuming that has negative effects on your anatomy and physiology with no real purpose, medicinal purpose, then it's haram. Cocaine haram, right? Unless you're using cocaine for anesthesia and there's no other replacement. So, you'll find anesthesiologists may use it to numb the area, particularly when they use in uh, uh, otolaryngeal surgery. Like the nose area, cocaine is an it can be an anesthesia or can numb the area, for lack of better words, right? But if you're just using it recreationally, that's where it becomes hard on because it immediately causes destruction to the body, immediately and over time, So one can die from cocaine overdose. Um, steroids is that which has many numerous negative side effects. You know, uh, you know, making the testicles smaller. Um, uh, even the, the, the uh, your testosterone levels i mean you 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 increase m- your musculature and hypertrophy but you'll start to look older uh yeah and there's there's numerous numerous effects of of steroids negative effects of steroids when you look at okay what is the um, what are the benefits of it short-term hypertrophy intensity um, but the long term effects are negative uh, and that can have a def- detriment on your tissues uh, and on just on your body in general. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Ian, I think you found the video. That's
0: it. The second one. The uh, second one here?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's a white guy? Yep. He's well, he Muslim,
0: yeah. Oh. yeah. He's Muslim. He's Muslim, yeah. He's, I can't remember. I think he's Palestinian.
1: <laughs> he's not going to like that I said that, though. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful,
0: beautiful brother, man. Uh, yeah. Beautiful, soft brother. He just wanted. He just wanted to do the right thing, I remember. Any he literally know. came into Houston. He's like, I'm just looking for some shields. in here. Skip away, huh? so,
1: uh, yeah, Skip all the way, probably towards...
0: Okay. Yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. He yeah, he seems like he's going to do it. Definitely not one video. by himself. It lot has youth. to be two or more. Minimum. <laughs>
1: Bismillah, abu alaikum. There you go baby. Look
0: at that. This is total submission. Oh.
1: Total submission. This guy is ready for anything to be done to him. And he's not nervous, he's not resisting. Allah. In God, He's man. in <laughs> relaxation. This is something every uh, Muslim should try at least once in their life. Yeah, I've taken my kids for Eid. Eid.
0: And this is another thing. Take your kids to go and sacrifice for Eid. I took my 10 year old, my 15 year old, and my 17 uh, year old. And they were scared in the beginning, obviously. But it's like, okay, blood, no. No, it's like, let them go through this experience. This is what Allah SWT has legislated. And um, subhanAllah.
1: Hey, <laughs> you got the grave scene. <laughs> so you seriously, okay, now that you looking at Ratatouille, you seriously never I've seen never this? Never seen this guy before. So, Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Yeah, it's a French rat. A
0: French rat? Yeah,
1: it's a cook. Well, you're a new rat. <laughs> it's going to title this video showing uh, Shekhodoro Ratatouille. Look, well, he takes a block of cheese and... St- No, there was the attitude, man. <laughs> Each flavor was totally unique. And then you blend them together. But combine one flavor with
0: another, something That's a very French.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> hey, could <can> pause it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it in my life. <laughs> That's what just happened to you right there. The colors were flying as you were taking <laughs> that brie and the, the grape. <laughs> <laughs> that's ratatouille, huh? i'll keep that in mind so oh, girl, so something that surprised me man What's is that? that i didn't know you were a convert MashaAllah, you got mm-hmm. so much noodle on your face your oh, arabic is so good i thought mm-hmm. you were born and raised muslim no yeah i'm a convert man i converted to islam I'm from houston this show is uh is very popular with our with our viewers on convert stories mm-hmm. they like the way we do them Alhamdulillah. okay uh, MashaAllah. i'd mm-hmm. love to hear your convert story can you tell us how uh you found islam
0: um. Yeah, I was. I was really um. Um, into hip hop a lot. I mean, I used to be an, an artist, if you will. And I was, um, uh, uh, let's just say, kind of deep into that life that hip hop usually talked about back in the '90s. Now I don't know, but what it talked about before. So, um, I always had the question of what was life really about, like what was the purpose of life? You know, when I would hang out with my friends and just asking real questions that i thought were very relevant like okay i'm not trying to be like everybody else i was never trying to be i never tried to be like everybody else or rather i should say i always looked at everyone and knew that that was a reason for me to be different because naturally i just didn't like the way people used to act and move and on a general skill like if everybody's doing something that was a sign for me to look out for it generally so um, I used to, after graduating high school, um, used to go to like the clubs and used to, you know, battle here and there, right? Um, battle rap, like go against another rapper and kind of battle poetry. Um, and there was some guys from New York, from Brooklyn that, um, there was a club they used to battle. I used to go there every now and then. And this was really, really new in Houston back then. This was like in Southwest Houston, like on 59 and that for those that know, um, and they, you know, um, not through battling, but through other um, gatherings, told me about Islam. And from there, I just had a lot of questions. I knew a little about Islam from, through hip-hop, and they knew, you know, we were all in the same world. But then they said, no, the Islam is like Sunni Islam. It's believing that Allah is one, that he has no partners. He's not God, or, you know, the black man is not God right god is a creator of the black man the white man the alien, all of them, Right, so that is what attracted me because i was christian before but then i used to ask them okay i remember i asked them what about jesus and then they would say you can't be a muslim unless you believe in jesus okay now i'm a little more intrigued so from there um i left and then i read more i went around asked questions um and then subhanallah one day i decided to go to one masjid and just take my shadow long story short But it was really just the purpose of like, oh, I can't leave this out. I mean, the tape that really did it for me was the tape called The Purpose of Life by Khalid Yaseen. Um, That is what like. And why is that? Because his lecture was just, you know, the name, one of the names of Allah is al Fatah. al Fatah comes from Fatah, how it means to open. So Allah is literally the one that can cleave open opportunities, doors, guidance, something for you. Out of Eight? thin air, too. Out of thinner, like thinner, quote unquote. Yeah, you may think a door is closed, but Allah can open it for you. That is is fatah, Yani. You know where Rasulullah mentions that we've opened for you a al mubina. You know, some would mention that that was the the treaty of Hudaybiyah um, that took place, right? Um, not actual conquest of Mecca It was actually the treaty of Hudaybiyah, which led to the conquest of Mecca. In the end of the day, it was something that you thought may not happen, but Allah Subhanahu wa Taala through His fat. Uh, he may, he'd allow it to happen. So when I listened to that lecture, that lecture was literally, I didn't know the name of Fatah with Allah. I didn't know what that was. I was non Muslim at that point. That was Al Fatah opening Allah's, uh, uh, Khalid Yassin's heart and just giving him, mashallah, the eloquence and the permeating message, which just hit me. And I was in my DJ's house. I'll never forget it. I was in my DJ's house and I watched his VHS tape. And then the whole audience took Shahada at the end of his le- end of his lecture. Yeah, man, you gotta. It's on YouTube. It's at the end of his lecture, when I finally met him, I, I was talking to someone, then I heard I heard him talking. I turned around, I just hugged him. I didn't give him salams. He didn't know who I was. We're Mecca. He didn't know who I was. I just turned around and just hugged him. I said, Man, you don't know what you've done in my in my life. Yeah, and he's like, Oh, and I could tell the way he responded. Other people have done that to him. Mm. You know, Khaja seen is is a is a gem. Allah, Allah has blessed him with um, to be very eloquent. I've never and seen him.
1: Is he still alive today? He's still alive. He's still alive. Huh. But I would say some may argue that in Christianity there is no race. There's a lot of black Christians. There's a mm-hmm. lot of white Christians. Mm-hmm. What made Islam stand out to you over Christianity?
0: The oneness of Allah, the Tawheed. So that was the message that the brothers from Brooklyn were giving me. So this is the purpose of life. This is the second one he did because there was a lot a lot of requests for him to redo it. But there's one where he's wearing a white thobe and a white ghotra. And he's in Jeddah. And it looks like a very old video. Type up type up the purpose of life part one. Yeah, part one. Go down, go down. If you go further down, down, down. That one.
1: This oh, one. yeah, that looks... So- yeah, that looks retro. Subhanallah. I'm going to have to check that yeah, out. Yeah,
0: that one is the real one. That's the one where you want to see like the I don't want to make the comparison, but just for you to understand that I have a dream of of da'wah to non-Muslims. That one right there is the one. Now his style is a little aggressive. <sighs> um but it's it's Subhanallah, man. It's passionate. That was like I memorized this whole lecture, man. It really <laughs> is, oh yeah, I'm listening.
1: So the main thing that resonated with you was the opener, Al-Fateh.
0: Well, the main thing that resonated with me was that God is not like his creation. Like when I used to hear Christianity, the son of God, and we and Jesus is God. But like if Jesus was a man. And naturally, man has limits. How in the world could the one that created everything be confined to one genus and have limits? God was crucified? How? That was I could not understand it and I naturally يعني, يعني, my I my I couldn't accept that even if I tried my hardest. أخي. How can God die? Well it's not technically got okay. Then when you come up to Al Islam, no 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 Laysa Kamitli Hishay. Laysa shay Hishay. Well who is Samir? At the same time, similar there is nothing that is like him. The verse says, There is nothing that is similar or like him in any shape, form, or fashion. But at the same time, he's all-hearing and the all-knowing. What is beautiful about this is that he's the all-hearing and the all-knowing in a way that is befitting to the majesty of one that nothing is like. And that concept, I didn't need to be convinced. I was like, yeah, yeah, and... (laughs) Because <laughs> that's what God is to me. What else? Oh, Islam says that? Oh, hold on. Okay, I don't want to be associated with no name or no religion. Muhammad, okay, here we go. Okay, nah, you're... But then when I looked at the life of Muhammad yes, and yes, yes. that the concurrence with all the prophets, alayhi wassalam, that they were all calling to laysa commit cliche. there's nothing like him. I was like, yeah, this is, this is definitely the way.
1: Have you ever pondered about what differentiated your mentality and spiritual state than other Christians? Because what you're saying to a born and raised Muslim seems so obvious. Right. <laughs> How come other Christians aren't seeing the same thing?
0: I think a lot of it is social. I mean, you got to understand, you know, particularly with, uh, you say, even Africans and African-Americans, that the concept of, 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 of God being a man, being Jesus, was introduced to them. It was introduced to them along with other worldly benefits at the same time. Um, You know, with the transatlantic slave trade, there were many people that were, there were many Muslims that were in the transatlantic slave trade. When they came into the Americas, um, particularly of that of North America, Christianity came along with the package of being provided by your master, being provided by your master, right? Um, So it was something that they took on passively embraced and over time the evolution of that religion especially among these people was that you know god is this white man that's on this image on the wall right um but there were many of them that came in as as, as with muslim names but i think it was a lot of societal pressures not all of it but some of it was definitely that
1: Why well, you go go press play it's uh it's muted May Allah bless us. May May
0: Allah us we'll go back us. just a little. May go Allah back just guide a little.
1: Us, and I would say to all of you you Yeah, right brothers, there. Play it. And what you were in your thinking and practice. In finality, brothers. I ask you. An Honest and direct question. How many of you understood what I said to you? How many of you? Just raise your hand that you understood. want to bring it back a little
0: earlier. How
1: many of you? How many many of you
0: disagree with with what what I said said. about God?
1: About God, about Muhammad, about the creation of life? How many disagree disagree. essentially with what I said? Okay, all of those who agree with what I said, raise your hand. Say, I bear witness that there is only one God. I bear witness that there is only one God. And I bear witness that Muhammad. Is the messenger of god messenger. i mean Amen. i mean Amen. i mean okay <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen that before no
0: i mean it happens but i mean i didn't even you know when i was not muslim i didn't even know what was going on like everybody probably not every single person in the audience but a good number of voices you heard took shahada right there
1: yeah did you do that too? Did no, no, you? no,
0: no, no, no. Not at that moment. Not at that moment. Oh, but I didn't know that. That means you become a Muslim.
1: Yeah, because
0: I was still a non-Muslim. I thought it was just like you know, all the people in the back say "Subhanallah," raise your hands if you know. I didn't know what it was. But then when I became a Muslim, I was like, so they became a Muslim from listening to the lecture. So wow. Hmm. And then later I understood shahada, what that means, and I said, wow, that's amazing. Subhanallah. But it, I mean, that 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 is probably the one of the best lectures I've ever heard in my entire life I mean that's when it that hit me up I left and I'm like man I gotta do something I can't leave with this knowledge and not do anything with it
1: and that that brings me to my question actually yeah. is uh, you could have just you know converted to Islam and lived a normal life mm-hmm. and, and call it a day I mean you've already succeeded mm-hmm. what made you decide to become an imam and, and join the community and not only be a part of it but become a leader in it why are you doing what you're doing today
0: I mean, it's really, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I I remember when I became a Muslim, my main priority was to learn more about Islam, to learn more about the Quran, to learn more about the Sunnah. Because if I felt that that was the way to heaven, everything else was secondary. Everything else was secondary. Like, I want to know what Allah is telling me how to live my life that's all that matters to me right now and then I subconsciously knew and I don't know this from Allah ﷻ, is that once I do that everything will be fine inshallah like I'll, I will understand okay yeah there's going to be certain things I may be confused here and there but I have an anchor I know where to go to alleviate any problems or I know where to go to lessen stress of an ongoing challenge to where I won't say challenge anymore. I'll say opportunity because of my belief system. My primary goal was to to establish that belief belief system and to have the baseline belief solid in my in my belief and in my values. So, and and from there, it was like if I can take the opportunity to 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 tell other people about it, because this is the most the most valuable thing to me, then I'll do that. Inshallah
1: inshallah yeah. and if allah uh, allows, allows us and allows you to enter heaven inshallah, through inshallah, his inshallah, mercy yeah. outside of speaking to the prophet peace be upon him inshallah, inshallah. W- what's one of the things you'd like to do uh
0: speaking to drinking from the the hold you know the fountain the process will be present there inshallah um You know, seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, insha'Allah, you know, in Jannah. And being with those that went through the struggles forever, you know, that's really it. Hmm. I mean, that's
1: not only it, but, you know. That's big. Yeah, definitely. And last question for you, Sheikh. You you mentioned uh, getting your money up to get married. Uh, And and you mentioned (laughs) throughout how one of the, the ultimate signs of manhood is being able to approach a woman. In a way. Mm, yeah. um, and In a, in your Iman Cave, the new podcast you brought that just released this week, mm. uh, check it out at uh, Yaqeen. You said that one of the elements, of t- the two biggest elements of being a man is being confident and bold. Uh, how did you approach your wife and what's your recommendation to Muslim men out there for approaching a, a woman?
0: When I got accepted to Medina University, I made an attempt, a conscious attempt. I said, I want to meet the Ghanaian Students of knowledge Because I'm originally from Ghana My parents came from Ghana, West Africa mm-hmm. I'm the first American in my lineage um, So when I became Muslim There were no Ghanaians in Houston There was a Nigerian community, mashallah Mashallah You know, strong community Mashallah um, So I wanted to really meet a Ghan- The Ghanaian Muslims Because I knew that that could possibly be An indirect way to give Dawah To my mother and father and sister and brother Or mother and father primarily so, when I got there, I was able to meet a brother, mashallah, uh, Sheikh Ahmed uh, Abu Adnan. Uh, he was Ahmed Sufyan. He was uh, a huge mentor for me. He was in his, his math doctorate program in Tarbiya in the University of Medina. And, um, you know, I voiced to him uh, about two years in, no, about a year in, that I wanted to get married. He was like, inshallah, we'll help you, mashallah. But, it wasn't small talk. It was serious, mashallah. So he found, he knew a brother named Saeed. May Allah bless him. Saeed was the head of the school uh, of sisters that taught the wives of the students of the Jamia, al islamia the Islamic University of Medina. So the wives of the students were able to go to the school and learn Islamic studies in the Quran. And it was right across the highway from Jabal Uhud. So as soon as you get out the school, you go down the trail, you'll see Uhud right there. So my wife was from that school. So Saeed, mashallah, hooked it up. Said's wife, you know, was a teacher there as well. So, you know, alhamdulillah, uh, I went and I met the father. I talked to the father and, you know, Saeed and Ahmed represented me, mashallah. They were like my jama'ah, my crew. And um, I spoke to the father. He had his questions, alhamdulillah. Then after that, they invited us over like a week later. Then we met the jama'ah, like her brothers and, you know, everybody. It was about like maybe 30, 40 people. Right, So they're all checking me out.
1: Oh, man, you must have been nervous. There you go.
0: And that's what a man has to go through. Is she not worth it? This is why apps, I don't outlaw them. I don't say they're haram, but it's not the optimal way. You know, sometimes we make it seem haram if the boy goes up to a girl at a conference and he's mesmerized by her beauty. There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing. How many times from the Sahabas this took place? You walk by, she is beautiful. Masha'Allah to Barakallah. And you don't know if you're going to see her again. You can either ask a sister, ask a sister, you know, what's her name? You know, is there a way I can speak to her father? You immediately go to a male representative. Immediately. You know, to, you know talk to her, you know, talk her up. No. You talk to her, you say, you know I'm. Is there a way that I can speak to her? Who's your father? Is your father a brother around here someone I could talk to? You know, you immediately want to talk to a male representative and then entertain the possibility of marriage. Well, that's what I did. I mean mine was I mean alhamdulillah it was probably the ideal way and I use that because it's not it's not like that with everyone, you know. I approached her father and then met them again, met the Jama'at. and after that, uh I, I was able to meet her with her father in the room. Um we didn't even look at each other I didn't even look at her, I was so nervous, man. I didn't even look at her. <laughs> so I told the father and I was and they, again, another nervous I was I was nervous, man. He drove me home, I was like sheikh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim He was like Ish free. He doesn't speak English He was like What's wrong I said Wallahi sheikh I didn't look at your daughter And he was like Ish And I was like I didn't look at your daughter I was ready to take What came with it mm. in, Wallahi sheikh In my mind I'm like I am not Marrying a girl That doesn't look good to me It's not gonna happen You know what I'm saying Right I went, And I tell brothers The sister Without makeup how does she look, akhi? You want to be able to wake up and you look at her and you're like, mashallah. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to see Khadija with no makeup on, but then she's Faltima with makeup on. Hmm. Like, who are you? Like, nah, man. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a female. But, you know, what they look at, what they look like without makeup on is the best scenario. You know, and, 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 and sometimes I ask females, they get uh, they don't get upset with me, but I don't I don't continue the argument conversation. It's like, look, do you feel ugly without makeup? You don't have to answer the question. If you do feel ugly without makeup, you know, it's something you probably want to review. You know what I'm saying? But again, I'm not here to criticize all women, things of that nature. But I, that's what I tell men. And, you know, um, so I told my father-in-law, who's not my father-in-law, I said, look, I didn't see her. And he's like, shoof. Allah He said, Allah is not shy from the truth. He said, just as Allah has ordered you not to look at her without the intention of marriage, you're allowed to look at her with the intention of marriage. Hmm. So he set up a meeting again, and uh, it was with her brother and him. No, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, her brother and him. And then he asked the questions, and then he was like, look, like he told me to look.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah man. And you know what's 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 beautiful about this process and even mm. the process of going up straight to the to the girl and asking for her father's mm. number is that there's a struggle in the beginning yeah. as we've spoken about and what makes that those marriages more successful than the ones where you're dating before Mm. is that you're starting with struggle and then you get to the good you're not Mm. starting with the good and then getting to the struggle exactly
0: and that's the problem bro and i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be i'm gonna keep it a buck with you man is like when guys are watching porn from like college years to when they get married from like yeah okay right because you know because you find a lot of guys that are divorced now and they love tate right okay Let's keep it a buck, bro. Let's keep it a hundred percent. Tate was a liberator for you, yes. But what aspect of Tate? Was it that he would, you know, had a webcam business and had the hose and they were all, you know, they were all working for him and he was a womanizer to a certain degree. So our brother, may Allah bless him, mashallah, and his turnaround and being public with his turnaround, which I highly respect. But these brothers have to ask themselves that question. Were you someone that was watching a lot of porn? And then when you get married, you're trying to have your wife do certain things and she's very innocent doesn't know anything and you're trying to be some type of you know allah knows best you know what i'm saying this is where <laughs> brothers got to be real man it's like look i'm not going to sit here and demonize these are my brother but at the same token the sisters don't hate him for no reason at the same time that's why we we're a middle nation we take the middle course we have our standards which is the sunnah. Period. I'm not a Tate. Tate-ite. It doesn't matter. Tate has to yeah, he has to align with the Sunnah. If he aligns with the Sunnah, I'm with him. If he doesn't, in aspects of his life that he doesn't, I say no, he's wrong. Period. It doesn't matter. Our, our allegiance is not to one one particular individual. So when we see the brothers like that, it's important. Like, are there remnants of you being irresponsible because of porn? Because what porn does is when you watch it you're seeing naked females doing doing whatever you want them to do for free in your room, no struggle, no risk. And you fulfill yourself, you get to self-fulfillment with no intimacy with someone that you're willing to die for. It depl- it it really it deprives you of all those numerous opportunities to manifest and embody true masculinity porn
1: Hmm.
0: to where when you get married you're thinking and looking at this woman in a sexual way that diminishes her honor in your mind like forget people probably don't even know but when you see her you're thinking about her body parts and what you would do to her mind you initially we as men we do think like that i'm not taking that away from men but if she's only a body and only a means to an end that's a problem huh? and men have to be honest with themselves and that's the hadith <laughs> the harsh one is the one that controls himself in times of anger
1: the good the good one is yeah
0: the one that can control themselves mm-hmm. you do not let your how do i say this you do not let your uh your the wrong head <laughs> yeah i was i was i was gonna do it brother i was gonna do it brother <laughs> You don't let that dic- you don't let that dictate you. <laughs> dictate you. Dictate how you move, brother. It's one word. It's all together. Word. Two syllables, one word.
1: <laughs> that was just an unfortunate Whoa, we gotta pause, edit that one. Huh? Okay. <laughs> that yeah. was an unfortunate, I say. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Allah <laughs> time, <law was> <laughs> I told Chaik to keep it casual before time, <laughs> Yeah,
0: but you don't let that control you, man. And and, and, and and as soon as a as soon as a real woman sees that, she loses respect for you. Yeah. How many women you know he just wants me for sex. He doesn't want me for anything else. As soon as I come home, he just wants to have sex and that's it. And then he goes to his room and plays video games or he's on the, you know,
1: come on, bro. How do you flip that? How do you make sure because that's a habit, that's a mentality. Yeah. Those are neurons being fired that have been fired for a while.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's that dopamine release. So when you have that dopamine release and you're sitting at home, you got to see, okay, I like this, but how is it going to help me? Because, you know, you have to be honest when you learn. Because, again, men, boys don't know this stuff, so they need to hear from men. Look, when you watch this porn, bro, it's going to make you look at women a certain way. Do you want you to leave your children? Do you want to look at a girl just that way, and you find out y'all don't get along, and y'all have a child because you sexualized her? You have to explain what sexualizing means, because in society, women sexualize themselves, and they even subhanAllah, nowadays. When you find you know the whole concept of body count, now a woman will just outright say how much you're gonna pay for it, like soft prostitution. Straight up, like straight back, back in my day, it wasn't like that. So it's straight up. So when a Muslim is used to that and he associates that with females in general, it's a problem. So one thing he needs to things he needs to do is get busy, get a job, work and do something in a field that he's interested in. If he if he's on his phone a lot, go work at a T Mobile, go work at a phone repair agency, a phone repair company. You know, I'm not gonna make that much money. It's not about the money yet, bro. It's about time management, learning how to get up and do something that you don't want to do, but you know it's better for you ultimately, and that's responsibility. Doing things with diligence, doing things that needs to be done with diligence, right? You get a job, you don't go out, I can't go out tonight, man. You got to you gotta work. Yeah, I got to work, right? You have time that you go to the gym, You go to the gym, whether it's walking around with with kettlebells around your neighborhood, around your house, going up your stairs 20 times, something that is some physical exertion, and you stick to it the majority of the time. There are going to be days you don't want to, bro, and you're not going to. But how do you feel that you didn't? The only way you feel that you didn't is when the majority of the times that you don't want to, you do it anyway.
1: Mm.
0: When you're bored, studies show that when you're bored, people that are bored, they're very altruistic like they give in charity or they give to good causes when they're bored because they just get up and do something. The fact is you, you got to just get up and do it. Don't think too much about it. And that's the opposite. That's how shaitan gets you from both ways. You know, analysis paralysis. You think too much about it. So just getting up and just doing it. That's how a young man can start the pathway to being a master man and changing himself is just getting up and doing it. And when they're sitting down and they're bored, just get out and do something. Primarily having a job. Keeping your schedule slightly you keeping your schedule busy, you know, working on your mind, body, and soul, your salawat. I mean, this is something that should be first for everything. Yeah. Right? This is
1: something that was written a thousand years ago by Fakhid Arazi right? at mm. uh, the beginning of guidance. Uh, Bidai. No. He literally says the first thing they're getting closer to Allah is time management.
0: Mm, no, no 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 sorry. It's sorry. incredible. Sorry. Incredible. Sorry. Yeah, I'm Sheikh,
1: gonna... I would love to keep you longer, man. I, like I, I, I know you got you got stuff to do. Yeah,
0: man. I don't know if the science fair is over yet, but I no.
1: <laughs> Sheikh, Abdullah Addero, it was I a pleasure watch. having you on the, uh, like the you on the podcast. Bro, like, I okay. hope you enjoyed.
0: Like, I like, no, I enjoyed. it. always have a good time sitting with the brothers, man. Always, alhamdulillah. man. Alhamdulillah. Then, it seems like your man cave as well, man.
1: Oh, it's no. nice. <laughs> we try, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just need a couple spider webs in here, and you know, you'll be good, <laughs> <laughs> Some hard, hard bread, you know, so Andrew's all looking,
1: <laughs> you know, mashallah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Bar-Galala-Fikham. Bar-Galala-Fikham. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Unsaudi podcast.